Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. My name is Troy Nelson, and here we are, another installment of Live on KEXP at Home. And I am very excited because uh, we've been listening to and playing this band uh, for a few years now because we're big fans of churches. So thank you so much, churches, for being with us. Hello. Yes, and you recorded a, a very exclusive live performance for the uh, KEXP community. Uh, what can you say about this performance? Where did you record this at? Well, we were still on tour. We were touring at the end of last year, November, December. We were out and we were trying to find a way to do this KEXP session for you guys. So we did it at Soundcheck at the Palladium in Los Angeles. We did two nights there. And on the second day, we went in early and recorded the five songs that you have. Ah, very cool. And I was lucky enough to see it. And I want the rest of the world to see it. So here it is, an exclusive live performance from churches on Live at KEXP at home.
The past is in the past Isn't meant to last And if I can't let go Will you carry me home? Can we celebrate the end? I'm asking for a friend It didn't go to the funeral Hurt 
at the end and God bless this mess that we made for ourselves Pull me into the screen at the end
And there it is, an exclusive live performance for Live on KEXP at Home with Churches. Thank you all so much for taking the time to do that. That uh, We appreciate it deeply. No, thank That's you, right. guys. You've, you've always been so good to us. So when we got the opportunity, we were like, hmm, how, how can we do this while still being in the bubble on tour? And that was the way. That was the way that we managed. Love it. And I just had a, a few questions, uh, some for e- uh, each of you and some for the whole band, but uh, Lauren in particular, uh, for this question right here. I'm a, I'm a little bit older. I grew up in the 90s, you know, when Nirvana and grunge ruled the world. But uh, you and I have a deep appreciation for outstanding vocalists. And uh, let's talk oh. about another monumental 90s album and the voice of Alanis Morissette and what that means to you. Ah, I was like, if you Google me, I guess that must come up now. Um, But yeah, I'm a huge Alanis fan. And Martin and myself were lucky enough to see her last year when she did the shows with Garbage and Cat Power. It was amazing. It was really, it was really something. And I feel like at the time, people weren't ever talking about how amazing her vocal was. I feel like a lot of the media coverage surrounding that was quite gendered shall we say um but yeah i remember my my dad i think had jagged little pill and he bought it for <laughs> ironic i'm pretty sure and then <laughs> was just like the rest of this album is not for me i don't think um and then i ended up getting it and i just think that the way that she use, uses her voice and her herself and her body as her instrument and what she was writing about was just such pioneering stuff and to see it and see to see somebody be so joyful about their career at this moment in time like it didn't feel like she's doing an anniversary tour because she's just trying to make money and this is all very cynical it did really feel like she was re-experiencing that record with all the people and there was lots of sobbing by me and by other people (laughs) at that show so Alanis Alanis forever in my opinion <clears throat> She's uh, phenomenal. And speaking of phenomenal singers, I heard you say uh, one time that some singers focus too much on accuracy and don't have the emotion, and some singers focus too much on the emotion but not enough accuracy. Who would you say fits kind of that perfect balance of both? Oh, man. Um, I mean, easy for me to say because I don't know which category, <laughs> which category I fall into necessarily, but... Um, I don't know. Well, Alanis is an amazing example of someone who is incredibly accurate when she sings live, but it's so unique, it's so distinctive, and it's so emotional. And somebody like Fiona Apple, or I just, um, I've just been going on big YouTube polls about um, Aretha Franklin, and I'm like, her vocal always incredible, always incredibly accurate. But you know immediately who it is. You know that it's what it's what it's saying, and what she's saying is is. Yeah, she's a perfect marriage of both, I would say. But then nobody else can ever be Aretha Franklin because she's she's the one. So, some more current artists I've heard you talk about: uh, Japanese Breakfast. You're a fan of um, yes. also Bartice Strange. Yes, and you just had him. You had him on KXP not so long. I watched that. I watched it on the YouTube, like the creepy fan that I am. But his voice is incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say you watched it on the YouTubes, which I've said before. <laughs> I watched it on the YouTubes with my cats, which is true. It's true. I was there. <laughs> um, this, this question's for Martin. Uh, Martin, can you tell me a little bit more about uh, your building of guitar pedals? Is this like a, a, a thing? Is this something you do all the time? <clears throat> yeah. Um, I actually, right now, I've started selling guitar pedals because I have so many that I no longer have 
any space to work or do it. I mean, I don't, I guess, are you using this video? If you're not, then I'll describe that I'm currently completely surrounded by guitar pedals. And there I use them because I really love to work with them. And I really, during COVID, became very interested in, um, you know, first you look at it, then you play with it, and then if you have an inquisitive mind, the next thing you do is open it up and see what's going on inside. And I started doing that and began building like these little, uh, very simple distortion circuits. And then I worked my way all the way up to like, I ended up building an 1176 compressor. So I went from very small to like pretty complicated. Uh, but to me, it was, if, if you can solder, it's like adult Lego. Not like not like adult Lego, you know. Like, I mean, like Lego Lego for grown folks, uh, not like you know, sexy Lego. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but they uh, so uh, yeah, I became really interested, in it and then most of those sounds led to making records with the sounds that I'd been building, which made me feel a lot more connected to what I was doing, and that was fun. Cause what, have you, have like, you thought about like publicly selling them or starting your own like pedal company? No, not me. No, like there's a I'm gonna like not not on my own. I mean, there's plenty to talk about in the coming. I, I mean, I guess we can't say anything right now. But the uh, uh, I, I I personally will not be selling pedals that I made from my bedroom or like from my studio. Out the back <laughs> of your car or something. Uh, no, yeah, <laughs> it, just because the boutique pedal scene is phenomenal, and if people it's people's lives work, like if they and I I I would rather support. You know, I like to do it for fun, but I would rather support these like small businesses and independent operations than who are doing stuff that nobody else has done before. Than than like than uh, try and muscle in and use our name to like, you know what I mean? Sure. But they they I'm not saying the idea of collaborating with a pedal company that we very very much love. <laughs> that's on the table. That would be very cool. That would be very cool. All right, we're put, we're putting very, it out there very, in the universe. All right, universe. Um, so, <laughs> who is it in the band that, or is it all of you? Uh, somebody loves horror movie soundtracks. Is that you, Lauren? Probably everyone. <laughs> I think everybody. Yeah, I think um, I'm probably the least learned on the soundtrack aspect. Um, I would say that Ian and Martin are more uh, well versed in that. But it was really fun to do a record that, not that it's a concept record necessarily, but it you could do a lot of research to kind of get into that world. And we knew we wanted to tell stories that aren't horror stories necessarily, but put them through that lens of storytelling. And I think that's definitely something the guys lent into in referencing things on the sonics of it as well. Well, it's interesting too, because I mean, the cover for screen violence looks like a, a horror movie cover. Uh, who took that beautiful photo? It's such a great photo. Um, it's an artist called Scott Kiernan, um, and we had seen. I think Ian found found out about him first because he had done a collaboration with Moog. He'd done um, some kind of multimedia art video making for them, um, and when we were talking about that kind of VHS era of horror, he was somebody that came to mind. And he took that. I think he took he took a photo of the video on the monitor and then made it and he did all the rest of the artwork in the videos and all the imagery on the record was him and I like I feel like that cover 
works because it's quite voyeuristic and I think that's something we were talking about a lot in the the lyrics and we didn't want it to be so terrifying (laughs) that people who hate horror can't get invested in the record but I think yeah it was really great that it felt that all the visuals around the album really helped tell the story of the record in a way that they hadn't necessarily on some of our previous output if I may say (laughs) if I may critique us (laughs) Scott Scott did all the, the videos as well so um it was great to have sort of one person behind the whole um, rollout of, of the visual um, side of the project. And also he's a massive horror um, sort of cult movie buff. Um, so we were we were talking the same language from the get-go. Well, speaking of, um, what was it like to trade songs with the legendary John Carpenter? How did that come about and what was that like? Uh, uh, we were kind of on a roll of like asking <laughs> our heroes to do things. So we just like... We we came up with the idea of doing um, the rather than traditional remixes, trying to get composers to reimagine songs that we'd done, and and the first conversation was, you know, people like John Carpenter, and then we never thought that you could get John Carpenter, but it turns out like if you ask him and and you 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 know you're in with the chance, and he said yes, and that was really cool. Um, and he, it was actually him that offered us, he said, if you can pay me or we can remix swap. Uh, and I mean, that was like, I would have paid him to do the remix swap. <laughs> like, like I would have actually paid to remix the song. Um, but we were lucky enough that, so no, it was just like a mutual respect thing. No money changed hands. And we, uh, we had to go at each other's song. And uh, we kind of set out to like desynth his music because I wasn't trying to go up against John Carpenter, like the god of like, like analog. That's he invented the sound that we are trying to call back to. So it'd be rude to like cons- to to have tried to like re- emulate what he was already doing. So we took it to like a weird kind of almost post rock place, like pianos and like weird beats and you know it was it was really fun really fun awesome it's um, that's amazing i'm gonna ask john carpenter if he'll remix one of my songs that easy i guess yeah in our, in our experience all you gotta do is ask yeah ask robert smith as well i know well the next thing well the thing is you should well, you, why not keep going it's like uh ariana grande is on the next song why not I mean, <laughs> You might as well ask. Yeah. <laughs> what does uh, what is in the works for the rest of this year? We're kind of still, you know, we're in the beginnings of 2022. What does the rest of the year sort of look like for churches? I mean, playing shows, any new music? What what is it looking like right now? Um, I mean, I guess I look. I was looking at the band schedule before I got on this call, and I was like, well. Hopefully we're going to play a bunch of shows. Hopefully, uh, we had, we we plan to go do that. But I guess if we've learned anything the last couple of years, it's like you, you can't make plans for anything. But uh, yeah, we're hoping to try and f- get to as many places as we can safely and logistically. Like it's just really hard putting tours together right now. So uh, yes, but that's hopefully what we'll be busy doing if if the fates allow it. 
Right. If it all works out. Well, f- yes. fingers crossed. But thank you for all the music you have given us so far. And uh, thank you for that per- uh, exclusive performance for the KEXP world. Uh, we appreciate it, and we look forward to seeing you in the near future. So thank you so much for that performance for our Live on KEXP at Home 